This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Friends, welcome to the 12th episode. We have hit a year. I'm actually not surprised. I'll explain why, because in a minute. But welcome to this month's episode of your monthly journey into the unknown. Into where we're going, why we're going, and what happens on the other side. Welcome to Through the Looking Glass. I am your co-host, Scott Criscolo. Uh, This has been a great 11-month journey thus far. And uh, and uh, tonight, uh, this week, or wherever you, whenever you are listening, this is episode twelve. Why? Because we have reached almost a year. It'll technically be the one year anniversary next month in October, and we'll we'll try to come up with a fun topic. Uh, but what I didn't want to say was. I'm surprised we've gotten this far because I'll be honest. I know most of us here at the PTB wrestling network and any other, you know, podcast feed likes to always say, Oh my God, I can't believe we made a year. I, I gotta be honest. I'm dead serious on my dad on my dad's spirit. I knew we'd make it this far. I knew it. Why? Because number one, it's a great show. It's an amazing concept. And we thank you for all of your support, your downloads, your comments, but also because the guy that I'm, I'm, I, I do the show with every month is, amazingly dedicated he's a great guy that's that goes without saying as all of you in the ptb world know but this was his baby he brought me along and we have had a blast every single month having said that tonight's topic is a little is a little depressing (laughs) (laughs) so we hope to not bring it down let me bring in my man the thunder from down under hello dave hall how are you i'm i'm doing well scott hi to you hi to all of our listeners and we I just, I just want to thank everyone for, for giving us a, a chance and for, uh, and for joining us on this journey. And we, we, we do hope that you have enjoyed it so far. And uh, we look forward to bringing you many more episodes on this journey. It's, it's fun. I really enjoy uh, being able to do this. Uh, and I'm really glad that you've uh, come along for the ride, Scott. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. One, one year, 12 12th episode we're like i said just about at our one year anniversary next month but uh it's been a great journey so far it really has and just think episode one was cm punk and now <laughs> everybody hates him no <laughs> maybe, well, not I guess maybe not everyone what should... side you stand on but <laughs> oh, i know it's been it's been an interesting month on uh I, I found that interesting that yeah 12 months ago we were talking about cm punk's re- uh return Right. And uh, and at the end of twelve months of our show, uh, Sam Punk may be gone. Uh, who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see where things go with it. That's that's just been a cluster and a half. If, if, I know yeah. what a mess. So. But we'll save that topic for other podcasts. We like to have fun here. We like to go. That's and in it. the alternate universe, I don't I don't know, uh, Dave. Maybe in uh, two years when we do like episode thirty something, 
We'll do in an alternate universe. What happens when CM Punk, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega get along? <laughs> and Tony <laughs> Khan is not insane, and you know it's like all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, um, so uh, it's uh, obviously it's good to talk to you. How are things uh, down in? This is like the I have to say, Dave. The next like two or three months for us. In terms of weather, because as everyone knows, one of the first things we like to do is make fun of each other's weather, depending on the time of year. As everyone knows, where Dave is, is the complete 180 of where most of the rest of us are on this side of the hemisphere. Um, That was the running joke back in January when he said it was 99 degrees and I had it at 9 degrees. Uh, (laughs) Then, of course, later in the year, we flip-flop. But these next few three months, I would say, Dave, this month, uh, October and November, are kind of the three months where our weather probably like levels out a little bit. You know what I mean? So yeah, for instance, what was, at least the, what next, was it today? At least the next two uh, today uh, is uh, we're, we're building to about 22 Celsius today, uh, 22, 23 Celsius. Uh, so. I got to, I got to goggle that because I don't even know what the hell that means. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, who can, let's see. who can Google it first. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, 70, 71, 71 and a half. Oh, you know what? That's about what we were today. I would say here in Connecticut, it bounced back and forth somewhere between like 73 and, you know, 77, 78. It, I got over 80 a couple times a little bit today. It might have topped out at perhaps 80 or 81. So, um, uh, so yeah, it might have been a little warmer here, but this was kind of an anomaly, I think, for here as uh, September goes on and we get into October here in, in the Northeast and in the, the this side of the world. Um you know, we're probably going to start to dip down, whereas you uh, will start to tick up. I bet you when you and I talk next month for our one year anniversary uh, that um, that will will probably be a little more even. You may actually be a little higher than me. And then by November, you'll be probably in the 70s and I'll be probably in the 40s. So and then <laughs> that's, December, that's I don't want to get it. And then December, I don't even want to get into it. So uh, oh, anyway, it, it, again, I just want to say these first 11 episodes, we've had so much fun. We've gone up and down the dial. You've come up with some awesome, awesome topics for us. We've we've been so we've bounced around uh, all a bunch of different themes and and eras and time frames. We've we've done the eighties. We've done uh, you know uh, the I guess the uh, new generation era. We've done the attitude era. We've done ruthless aggression. We've done current. We did the two thousand tens. I mean, you've done a fantastic job of bouncing us around. So we didn't. I don't think, to be honest, Dave. I don't think we've done the same time frame in uh in back to back uh in back to back uh episodes close the 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 Bret Hart the the Bret Hart screw job episode was followed by the Goldberg episode that, yeah, yeah they're only a couple of years apart but outside of that we've 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 really tried to uh really I've really tried to to bounce it around a bit because I don't want I don't want our listeners to get this sense that oh they only talk about the attitude era or they only talk about um, the the classic era you know I, I want I want our listeners to to get a, a variety um, because it keeps it interesting but it also that caters to everyone because not everyone as old as you and I Scott there are a lot of younger people out there who didn't grow up in the same eras that we did and so they they want to hear things that probably that they look fondly back on, but was actually when they were alive. So I'd like to keep, keep things moving around a little bit because of that. Yeah, no, and we've, and we thank everyone again for your support. 
and your downloads. It's been a lot of fun. We bounced around. People loved the I've got you know what, uh, Dave, I've got a lot of talk from from people in our PTB and some other listeners. Uh, we've gotten a lot of chatter about the Ultimate Warrior episode, yeah. uh, the one we did where we kind of rebooked his world title run in 90 into 91. We got a lot of talk on that. I feel like, Dave, that a lot of fans right now are very interested in um, – you know, interested in kind of the, the old generation, the uh, what they mm. call the original pay-per-view realm, uh, you know, the Hogan era. I think that uh, what if we rebooked Hogan as a jobber? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> what if he stayed in the band Coco? That would actually be a pretty interesting one. What if what if Hogan never went into wrestling and stayed in music? That's an interesting topic. I, somebody told me that one. Like, what would you guys do if if Hogan was erased? From the from the Federation era. Well, the answer would be. Oh, I guess uh, the answer would be there'd be no WWF. <laughs> well, I guess that th- that could be an interesting one for down the track. What if 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 it wasn't Hogan, who would Vince have tried to to strap the rocket to, and and who would have he he used to go national? Would it would it have even been possible? I oh, know that's that's something for another time. Yeah. No. That that. I mean. Because obviously, without Hogan, the WWF had never been at national prominence, so that's mm. obviously a big thing. But anyway, uh, please bring keep, keep giving us your ideas. We'll 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 bang them out, talk about them. We'd love to uh, hear what you think uh, would be a great journey through the Looking Glass. Why don't we hop into tonight's topic? Because, uh, like I said, we were very we're very jubilant and exciting and excited on this uh, episode number twelve. Uh, however, the topic is a little a little morose. Um, <laughs> And maybe not really. I mean, maybe it's more like in look. Maybe this is this is a a, a topic, Dave, where I think more people would rather be in the Looking Glass rather than on this side That's of the Looking it. Glass. Yeah. Um, why don't you Why don't you set us up? What do we got tonight? Um, th- this is this is one that I've actually had a few people reach out to me and 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 suggest in in various forms or another. And 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 I guess as wrestling fans, we we do as as we've said before, we all like to think of the what ifs. What if what if, uh, as I said, what if Hogan hadn't been around? Who would the WWF have launched the rocket to? As we've looked at before, what if, what if the screw job didn't happen? We we like the what ifs. We like to think as wrestling fans. We like to put our little Booker hats on and go, what might have happened in these situations? But there are throughout the years, there's been guys, people that we're we're fans of who've been in quite prominent positions and through. Through circumstance, whether it be, um, uh, you know, whether it be um, uh, accidents, uh, tragedy, um, we've had some of our favourite stars throughout the years um, have been forced into a position where we're no longer able to watch them compete. Their their careers have been ended um, in the blink of an eye. Uh, some of them have been ended through such serious injury that they're unable to compete again. And sadly, others have had their careers ended because of an untimely passing away. And, um, and, and that, that, that has a big impact on, on, on a fan because you lose the, the person you're supporting. You, you, you lose a little piece of yourself because you can't back them anymore. They're gone. They're not, they're not in the ring anymore. And um, and so today we're gonna we're just gonna have a little bit of a look at uh, at what might have happened in some of our favourite wrestlers' careers if they hadn't um, suddenly had their career ended in whether it be through injury or through an early death. And uh, 
I think we're going to have some fun. It's it's a morbid topic, like you said, to think about guys that have been hurt so significantly they can't wrestle anymore or, or have passed away early. But at the same time, I think there's an element where to think about what their careers could have done if they if they were still around, if they'd had the opportunity to continue their career. I think it, I think it's going to be a fun journey, uh, an interesting mm-hmm. uh, an interesting concept. So we've got five guys. Yep. Five guys, five names that we have uh, that we have put together, whose careers were ended early, and we, we've we've limited. I mean, obviously, there are so many guys out there that have suffered those career-ending injuries or had their career ended through an early death, and we could do so many of them. But we we decided, Scott and I, in in preparing for this, decided we wanted to look at at guys that were at the upper end of their career in very prominent positions when mm-hmm. when their when their career ended so that we can you know these are guys that probably had a a bigger upside uh where things were going and um so we're going to look at five guys some of them you're probably listening to already thinking oh they're going to talk about this person and we may very well um i think i think some of these are going to be very very clear and obvious but uh but I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it's going to be an interesting journey for for everyone. I, I guess before we go, Scott, you know, I, I want to ask you, you know, guys that guys that have um that have been injured, guys that have that have had, that have passed away. Has there been? Has there? What was the first one? Who's the first person that you had a, a bit of a a liking to, or you you at least had a keen interest in what was happening in their career that, that something changed. Who was the first wrestler for your, from your perspective where that happened? Well, not to tip our hands, uh, uh, Dave, uh, but probably the first one is the first guy we're going to talk about tonight. Um, I'll say his name and then we'll get into the, 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 the beat and potatoes of it later. But clearly the, the first one we're going to talk about tonight is Magnum TA. Um, because I was watching Crockett in 85, 86. And when 1986 started, he was the United States heavyweight champion. He wrestled clearly one of my like three favorite matches of all time. And that is, of course, the I quit steel cage match at Starcade 85 against Tully Blanchard. Starcade 85, as most people know, is probably one of my favorite uh, pay-per-views of all time. Um, and it was evident as we were getting into 1986 that... that um, that he was going to go to Star K that year and beat Ric Flair and become the world heavyweight champion. And when the car accident happened, and we'll get more into these details in, in a few minutes, um, I was devastated because now, and I've said this on past shows too, Dave, I've, I, the he, I was a heels fan in Crockett. I was a babyface fan in the WWF, but in, Crockett, I was a heels guy. I loved the horsemen. I loved all the bad guys. I, I was not a, I liked Dusty Rhodes, but I usually rooted for him to get the crap kicked out of him because it was good storytelling. But Magnum TA was a guy that I always kind of latched onto. You know, his promo skills were not the best. And, and when we go through the looking glass with him, we'll, we'll explain how that might have hindered him down the line. But I was expecting a killer, a killer uh, Starcade 86 main event with Flair for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Uh, so that one kind of knocked me for a loop. The first mm. WWF guy, um, you know what it is, Dave? Even though he had left the WWF, when I read in PWI that Adrian Adonis died, 
Oh, uh, yeah. He let he had left the WWF in probably late '87, and then hmm. I think it was sometime in '88 he had gotten into a, a van crash. July '88. July '88, a van crash up in Canada, uh, Nova Scotia or something, uh, hmm. with a couple of other wrestlers, and he passed away. That kind of hit me, and I'm like, oh, wrestlers die. Like I only thought they died of old age when they retired, like the rest mm. of the regular people. Like I thought, you know, like I remember guys passing away in, in you know, in their, you know, in the eighties. But these were guys, you know, Gorgeous George and you know, guys like even Lou Fez mm. lived into the two thousands. Like I'm talking old, old guys like John. Yeah. Tolo, well, John Tolos was alive because he was coach. Um, mm. But those kind of guys, you know, but even those guys were very rare because they were still alive. Um, the guys who died in the eighties were usually um uh the guys who died in the 80s were usually uh uh you know guys in the, that were wrestling in the 30s you know in the 40s mm. that we never even saw it wasn't even until like the late 90s early 2000s that the older guys the guys that wrestled in the 50s and 60s like the gene kiniskis the luthezes buddy rogers the guys like that started mm. dying they didn't start passing away until the late 90s yeah. um so really, the the two that hit me as a kid were mm. were in terms of injury, Magnum TA, and again we'll we'll elaborate on him in a little bit, and uh, and and Adrian Adonis because I saw him and I saw that story in in PWI and went holy crap like he was only in his I don't know early thirties I think mm. so yeah um so that kind of that kind of hit me so th- those are probably the two for me as a kid what about you yeah look I um. As I've shared before, due to um, the way wrestling, what what we had access to down here in Australia, I I didn't know um, I didn't know of Magnum when I first broke into wrestling, and so when I first became, you know, as I as I uh, I've shared before, sort of 1988 was when I started to get exposed to the world of PWI and and the wrestling right. magazines and and get yep. that. So Magnum had already had his injury, and and same with David Von Erich, they'd sort of gone. Adrian Adonis would be the first one that I remember, but probably more prominent in the magazines was Bruiser Brody. I remember the PWI magazines and all the sister publications were absolutely saturated with the whole story around Bruiser Brody's death, um, murder, killing, however you want to, whatever you take on it down down in in, in, uh, the Caribbean. But Bruiser Brody's was... Was um that was the first one that I remember reading about, but again because I wasn't, uh, I I'd never been exposed to him as a wrestler. I'd read about him in a couple of the magazines, and that was probably the first time I'd ever really seen anything significant on him was was his death. So, so I read a lot at that point about who he was, and Adrian Adonis was only a couple of weeks earlier. So that was my first exposure to it. The first. The first guys that probably passed away that I had investment in um, are, are guys like Andre the Giant and Kerry Von Erich, yeah. in, uh, which would have been around about 90, 90, 94, 93, 94. Um, when did Andre? Uh, Andre was around, around about 92, 93, wasn't he? 93, January. So. He died. He, uh, you know how I remember this, Dave? Andre died in January of 93 because he was one of the, it was one of the first 10 bell salutes on on one of the first episodes of Raw and wow. I was I was at my friend's house in Rhode Island not Justin I hadn't met him yet uh, another friend of mine who um uh uh who was going to Providence College and it was the morning of the first um it was the morning of the first 
uh, um, Cowboys Bill Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl. It was the morning of Super Bowl mm. 27. And uh, I remember waking up that morning and looking, putting on Sports Center and seeing uh, Andre the Giant had died. Wow. I do remember that. So it was January mm. of 93 he passed away because yeah. I remember two things. It was the morning of the first Bills Cowboys Super Bowl. And it, and that Monday on Raw, it was like the, I don't know, third ever episode. They did the, uh, I'm pretty sure they did the 10 Bell salute. So. Mm. And, and again, Andre Andre's career had already wound down by that point due, due to his ongoing issues with his back and his knees and all that. So, but that was the first one that really struck me as a fan. That oh, you know, I went, oh my goodness, that that is a shame. And 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 Kerry Von Erich's passing, his suicide. Um, again, his career. He, because of some of the life choices he'd made, his career was had pretty well come to an end as well. But he was younger. He was certainly someone who you'd think could have made a comeback or could have been back in the ring or involved in some way at some point. So those were those were the first ones that 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 really were on my radar in 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 a prominent way. Really brought some sort of impact into my life. Mm. So. Yeah, so that that's um you know, it, and it, it does hurt. I guess you know it it like I said before, you know these things hurt us because we do invest in them as as fans. We sit there, we cheer them on, we get invested in the storylines. We 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 come to love the characters that they play, and and maybe not so much the character they play on screen, but who they are off screen. You know, Andre the Giant has, you know, I think who he was on screen, you know was everyone could see, but the, the stories of who he was behind the scenes, you know, the generous man that he was, the, you know, yeah, generous to his friends and all that, you know, you, you hear those stories and it just, it really brings a, uh, you know, a, a longing that you wish you might've even got to know him at some point because of that. So th- these things that that's, they impact us because we lose something that we're invested in and, uh, and, and yeah, you know, there are some fans. I mean, there are some people out there that you know, has a bigger impact than uh, than others. I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not one to, uh, I'm not one, you know, to, I'm not a big crier. Um, when when you know when sports people and actors and stuff pass away, but there are fans out there that it it does have that impact on that it, that it brings them. It brings them down. It brings them into into a, a, a significant morning. And I mean, there are there are several. There's there's a couple of guys that we're going to talk about tonight that that sort of thing did happen because of how loved they were by fans. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Now I just want to preface before we go any further. Clearly, um, Scott and I, you know, we're going to put out there. There is one who will not be named and we are not wanting to even go there with this episode. Nope. Um, It's, 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 you all know who we're talking about. We're not going there. Um, That that's, that's off limits. Um, But yeah, like I said, we've got five guys that we're going to look at today who through injury or, or, or death uh, left us at probably the prime of their careers. And Mm. uh, the first one, as Scott mentioned, is Magnum TA. Uh, you know, we're going all the way back 1986 and, and Scott, you've already alluded to it. You know, Magnum TA in October 86 was involved in a, in a pretty serious car accident. And, um, he was, he was, you know, 
Destin and Prime, they'd already got the wheels in motion. He was supposed to be facing uh, Ric Flair at, at Starcade that year. And, uh, and, and I guess he was, you know, the, 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 the belief, the talk, and Ric Flair's even talked about it, that Magnum TA was, was destined to win that main event in Starcade 86. So that's where we're going. Uh, we're going to go first. Uh, look, as I said, I've, I've come to know Magnum after you know after his career ended i've i've seen matches and and all that but but his i always i always knew when i saw him these matches that i've seen that his career ended in 86 for someone who at least got to ride the 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 wave of magnum for a little bit like you said scott what was it what was it about magnum what was what was the appeal of magnum ta to to a wrestling fan well i mean he he um was an was an amazing baby face. He was good looking. Uh, the reason they called him TA, they really called him Magnum TA, was because I mean his real name was Terry Allen. That was his initials. I remember seeing him. Uh, the first time I saw him was Crockett, but he obviously cut his teeth uh, in Mid South. Um, I was start when I was I started watching all that on the network, and he was crazy over then. Um, he uh, he was the North American heavyweight champion, and he got he went to Crockett. Uh, at the end of uh, 84 and was immediately over with everybody. And he like immediately won the, the, uh, uh, the U S title. title. Yeah. The U S title. He beat, uh, was it, uh, Wahoo. Oh, it was Wahoo. That's right. Wahoo was a heel. That's right. Wahoo was a weird heel. Um, and, uh, and then he lost to Ter- Tully Blanchard with Baby Doll dressed as the cop, which I always thought was awesome. And then, of course, that led to their at the uh, what I mentioned earlier an epic, epic. I quit steel cage match at Starcade '85, which was to this day, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, Dave, you've seen it. I know you've definitely seen it. Yeah, um, I've seen that match. That's that's a that's a fantastic. It's a bloody bang. brawl. Yeah, I mean that that scene. I mean that end. With with Magnum just getting a piece of wood in, in Tully's eye and the blood mm. just gush. Ah, oh, it's it's amazing. What storytelling? What storytelling? And uh, then he started feuding with Nikita, and then they he got stripped by Bob Geigel. He was set because he was with Tully. He was with Dusty. They were the whole U.S. Express or whatever the whole uh, you know Real Americans or whatever they were called. You know for a fact that 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 Magnum was in line to Starcade 86 and beat Flair to become the world's heavyweight champion. There was no doubt about it. Uh, again, I was, again, I liked the heels, but I was pumped for Magnum. Uh, I thought it was something, somebody different. Um, it was a change of pace. And uh, on top of the fact that Starcade 86 is kind of a, a very low flow, um, good, sneaky, good card. Um, I think that was going to be a killer main event. And Magnum, to his credit, Dave, uh, you know, if you watch all of his TV matches, they're literally 30 seconds. He does the belly-to-belly suplex, and you're done. <laughs> so mm. they were they were protecting the fact that he might not have been a, uh, you know, a Ricky Steamboat. He was not exactly a technical whiz-bang, but he got the crowd going. The girls loved him. He was immensely good-looking. He had that, you know, buff good physique, hairy chest. I mean, he was like a typical eighties guy for, for the ladies. So I was into, I was into it because, 
it was going to lead to a great match at, at, at Starcade and, uh, and was just a different, a different baby face to kind of lead Crockett into the next chapter of the eighties. So I, I was into him. I was excited. I think, I think that's, that's part of the key of what you said. It, it, he was different. He wasn't dusty and, right. um, and, and that were, and, and it would, and it would, yeah, the, the belief is it would take them in a new direction in, in the back end of the eighties. Um, yeah, you know, Flair would have, would have made him look a million dollars, um, would have made him look so good in the ring, uh, as Flair does. And we saw that with Tully. I mean, the, the matches with Tully, they were, they were fantastic because Tully can make anyone look good as well. Um, I think Tully is a little underrated at times. Um, the way when people yes. uh, look at look at what he could do in the ring, I always felt Tully was a little underrated. So yeah, you know you were going to get something different. Um, the the question the question has to be asked is what would that first championship reign for Magnum have looked like? Because when I look at Crockett at that time period, when I look at the NWA roster. When I look at the guys that were used going coming out of you know late '86 and into '87 in 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 our in our reality world, there there are not a lot of outside of the Horsemen, there are not a lot of top flight heels, and 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 realistically, what I what I what I see is I see Magnum being just locked in with the Horsemen for. In, in an ongoing, almost, almost in the role that Dusty plays in, mm-hmm. in, in 87, which is, you know, a, a few, you know, probably a couple of, you know, some rematches with Flair, maybe some rematches with, with, with Tully. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just had the series of matches with Nikita Koloff. Now, Nikita was turned babyface because of mm-hmm. Magnum's um, accident. So Nikita is still running as as a heel in in early '87, but he's got the U.S. title, and probably he and Dusty are probably going to be those two will be feuding. So, outside of the Horsemen, is there much there for Magnum? And this, I guess, is when I think about what might have happened with his title reign. I wonder whether his first championship reign would have ended up being nothing more than what a bunch of other baby faces got in the uh, in the 80s guys like dusty Rhodes, tommy rich R- even ricky steamboat uh, a few months on top before due to a lack of heel opponents you got to drop it back to flair I-, I i don't know what do you think i think uh, this is a weird one for me in the sense that because i feel like if if tully if uh Magnum had won the title at Starcade 86. I'll be honest. I think Flair, I think Flair is devastated and I think he takes time off. And then I think the horseman, I think he gets some other opponents. Uh, I think, I think, well, I think Nikita stays a heel and you get some more Magnum Nikita matches in 87 where Nikita can go on camera and say, look, I beat you. I beat you. I, I beat you for this belt. I will beat you for that belt. Uh, I think you'll get feuds with Tully because Tully will say, hey, man, I beat you once. And we all know those matches were great. And I think Tully was, I think, I think all the horsemen were elevated enough. Like everyone says, oh, you know, they're all just mid-card guys. <laughs> no, they weren't. 
that the main event in Crockett conceivably, okay, conceivably could have been five guys deep. Hmm. All of the horsemen could have been main eventers. I think everybody knows that. I mean, certainly Arn, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, you know, so what I think would have happened, what I think would have happened is that I think uh, that Magnum would have won the title, and I think that he would have feuded with Tully. I think he would have feuded with Nikita. And I have a feeling Flair would have taken maybe the maybe the first half of 87 off. I think he still would have cut promos. Maybe they would have invented an injury because they didn't want to have the same storyline they had with Ole, yeah. where uh, they say to Ole, well, you haven't really paid attention. You haven't, you're snot-nosed kid. I'm in watching that one of my chrono watches. I'm in, I'm in March, April of 87 right now in, in Crockett. So I think they would have had to do some kind of an injury angle uh, where Flair is on camera but not wrestling mm. to keep the horsemen strong. Uh, but I think they would have given him, because, I mean, he pretty much wrestled nonstop for when he won the title in 81 to pretty much that point. So I think a healthy Magnum is world champion throughout a decent amount of 1987. I think he could have feuded with Tully. He could have feuded with Nikita because I don't think Nikita would have turned heel, uh, turned face, which means uh, Koloff wouldn't have had to bring in that Vladimir Petrov guy. Although mm. I have a feeling they would have brought him in anyway because uh, Nikita, uh, Nikita Khrushchev, the real guy who ran Russia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev. Russia, I know Mikhail Gorbachev, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Crusher Khrushchev left because by mid-87, even though Randy Cully was was originally um demolition smash i think by like july august it was it was barry darso so it was it was earlier than that he was he was, was he 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 was um randy i'm a big demolition fan so yes uh, randy cully basically did the first set of tv tapings at um late 86 early 87 identified straight away um, Barry Darso was was um, in the paint before WrestleMania three. There is um, there's uh, a set of tapings where he where he is he's definitely made an appearance in uh, before WrestleMania three under the paint. Um, but he suffered. He was struggling with an injury, and he they didn't really go full time with the gimmick until probably May of 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 eighty seven. But he certainly appeared. Um, on camera under the paint in a couple of squash matches before WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, but Dasso yeah, Dasso was gone. All right. So they might have they might have brought in they might have brought in Vladimir Petrov anyway. Um they I, you know what they would have done? They probably wouldn't have turned uh Dick Murdoch heel mm. because Dick Murdoch had come in because Murdoch and Ivan Koloff would end up end up winning the US tag titles in March of 87 uh because um uh ronnie garvin got hurt and him and barry windham and barry windham had just been in a little program there's a guy that i don't think he would have turned heel but barry might have latched on to dusty 
And I think you would have had this Barry Dusty Magnum triad of like white hot baby faces. Yeah. Well, around 87. He, he, let me let me throw this this idea out because I, I wanted to come back to Barry because I think Barry be, would become a key figure in uh, in what would have ended up happening with Magnum. Because I think, yeah, if, I agree. I think I could see a realm if Flair takes some time off. I could see Magnum running the gamut, just different guy, you know, every loop, you know, he, he beats Tully, he beats Arn, probably has uh, some matches with Luger, who's who's in the horseman in 87. Um, like you said, rematch, you know, Nikita Koloff, Great American Bash, 87. He probably, you know, has some matches with him. Like you said, the the... Nikita running the idea of I beat you, um, you know, Flair comes back later in the year. And, and I wonder, I could actually see a catalyst being that Wyndham, Wyndham's had a run as well. He's beating everyone as well. And you start to have those conversations, like the, the rankings have Barry Wyndham as the number one contender or the number two contender. You know, he's always right near the top because he's he's winning a lot. And maybe... You, you get this this situation um you, you come in, come in, coming into maybe Starcade 87 maybe you get the rematch the big rematch with Flair at the 12 month mark Starcade 87 but coming into it Barry's been wanting a shot at the winner I want my shot a shot at the winner and uh and, and maybe Magnum's playing the friendship card look mate we're, we're friends you know i've just got to focus on flair and and i've got to do this and, and maybe flair is coming out and saying you know when i win the title you'll get that shot and at starcade 87 perhaps it's barry windham who costs magnum ta the title uh windham turns heel slightly earlier than he did um we also know that luger is going to turn babyface at the same time period so you can almost this becomes the catalyst barry turns for for barry windham joining the horseman barry turns heel on magnum costs him the title the the title ends up back on flair magnum and barry windham start a massive feud flair's got the belt back and barry is brought in to replace luger in the horseman when luger has his hissy fit and and leaves within a couple of weeks of starcade and it's that grand design, and it comes back to he was the grand design of the horseman, distract Magnum and get the belt back off him. And then Magnum and, and Barry can start that big feud that, you know, Dusty took over in uh, in 88. Mm-hmm. And you've opened the door for Flair to, because the issue I have for Magnum, the, the one thing that you, you've got that is going to be an issue for long-term success for Magnum is the rise of Sting in 1988. Because Sting Sting comes to his prominent role in early 88. The charisma, the face paint, and 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 the energy that he was and the and the and the, the the reactions he was getting. 1988 is when Sting rises up the card mm. and you're going to be looking at can Magnum and Sting coexist? And I think they will start to look at putting the rocket, which which they did. They looked at Sting as being the next guy to build up and raise up. And to do that, they need the belt back on Flair. And so getting the belt back on Flair in, in you know, after maybe a 12-month reign and, and t- putting Magnum into a, into a blood feud with Barry Windham, that keeps Magnum occupied for a while. 
and uh, and it allows Sting to to be moved into the position that Magnum's held for for the past two years. Mm. Uh, I tell you, I I uh, I gotta I gotta dig that. I gotta dig that. I, I like the uh, I still like the Barry angle. Great job on that, Dave. I didn't even I didn't even think of that because Barry didn't turn heel until eighty eight. So you could turn him heel a little earlier, and uh, um. Yeah, I I think I I think I'd go with that, and, uh, and and maybe tied in with that, it might be around that time period where you do turn, you turn Nikita face, and Nikita and Magnum become those unlikely allies after the big blood feud that they'd had in in eighty six and eighty seven. Nikita becomes that ally to to Magnum that he didn't have in a way that Nikita did to to Dusty. I guess where I'm coming from, and I guess I feel that. Magnum TA really fills the role that Dusty did. And, you know, Dusty sort of stuck around when he probably shouldn't. The rise of, you know, Magnum's, if he doesn't get hurt, he probably takes that prominent role that Dusty hung on to for longer than he should have. Yeah, clearly. You know, perhaps, um, you know, Dusty, you know, Dusty gets that, still gets that token win at the Great American Bash. In fact, that match, this is perplexing to me. I mean, it's not an awful match. Just on a side note, Dave, that mm. Flair Dusty cage match from Bash '86 was PWI's match of the year. And I'm thinking, <laughs> really, there there wasn't anything better in '86. I mean, mm. I'm not exactly saying it was Hogan Bundy. I wouldn't have made that the match of the year, but I mean, good lord, had to have been. I mean, the match the match of the year in 1987, of course, was much much better. We all know what match much. that was. But I, I digress. <laughs> you know me, Dave. I got to stick that that match. I got to slide that. I think every pay, I think every episode of our show, I've slid the Steamboat Savage match in somewhere. I think it's part, <laughs> I think it's part of my gimmick. Um, but uh, no, I I love the Barry thing. Great, I love that idea. Um, maybe do it a year earlier instead of in '88. Uh, mm. and and also, Dave, uh, you probably don't get that weird. And I I, I think you mentioned it. Uh, you don't get that weird Ronnie Garvin win. In uh, yeah. in September of '87, and and maybe Starcade. What would you have? I, my pa, I, I was going through some notes when you were saying something. Uh, did you mention what you thought would be the main event for Starcade '87? Yeah, I, I, that, that's where I, I said it would be Magnum and Flair's big rematch, the twelve the rematch. months, okay. twelve that's months what I in the waiting, and that's what I and thought. Then, you said. Okay. And that's where and that's where Barry Barry does the turn there. And, okay, that's, that's, uh, okay, and, and helps Flair regain the title. Okay, my bad. I thought you had done it earlier in the year. Okay, good. My bad. All right. That makes great sense. I agree. And then 88. Um, I mean, listen, Crockett, we can't forget this. Crockett is eventually Crockett is eventually going to um Crockett is eventually going to put Luger in the main events. It's Luger. Mm. It's it's uh uh he's the you know, he's good looking, he's chiseled. He's got a, you know, he's got the the work rate of a of a you know a pin cushion, but you know, um, he's Luger. I mean, he's a chiseled, good looking guy. Um, uh, so yeah, I would have definitely eventually he would have had to be. Um, well, I think the, the question, I think the question that needs to be to be asked of Magnum is with the rise of Sting and Luger in eighty eight and eighty nine. Do does does Magnum 
jump to, to WWE. Oh. There's, there's Magnum. Is that the time period where Ooh. Magnum... Where, or, and again, I, I keep talking almost this dusty persona, this dusty standing, and I don't want to sound like that, but... And maybe he doesn't jump that early, but but I just get this feeling like if 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 the company starts overlooking Magnum for Sting and Luger, does 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 Magnum jump to WWE? And he probably um, they could they could get more out of him because he was younger, because he's 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 fitter and and stronger. Maybe maybe Magnum fills the roles of the the Brutus Beefcakes or the or the Kerry Von Erichs in in. In eighty nine ninety, you know, going into matches with Rick Rude and Mister Perfect for the IC title is 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 he going to do a little spell down? In, does he does he do the jump? I mean, would he would he would he? he I, I could certainly see him being targeted. You know, as you said, he was popular. He was over. He was he had a big fan base, and 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 he could work. Uh yes. Um. Unfortunately, Dave, there's one thing about Magnum that I think would have held him back a little bit, and particularly for WWF, and that is his promo skills. His skills on the stick were average at best. And in Crockett, you could kind of get away with that because with guys like Flair and Dusty that good, you could kind of hide your promo skills under the radar because Mm. the promo... Promo philosophies at Crockett were very different than Vince's promo philosophies because of the character-driven way that the Federation era ran. Magnum could be like that that very intense but serious and legit feeling doubt promo. That's not how Vince's baby faces are. Um, and I don't know if that would have flown. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little spin. In our looking glass, Dave. Now, as you know, there was a very strong rumor that Flair was going to leave Crockett in 88. And he was supposed to be involved in some capacity with Starcade 88. Uh, Starcade. Uh, SummerSlam 88. SummerSlam. Which, which would have been fucking awesome. Mm. Um, that might have still happened. That might have actually happened then. Because I think what would have happened is Flair would have been like, you know what? You got Magnum as a top baby face. Dusty's kind of waning off on being a, 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 an everyday worker. Now you can make Luger kind of a topish heel and Barry something of that nature where you could cultivate some other heels with a Magnum baby face at the top to go with maybe some other guys. Because don't forget, another guy kind of, uh, and this would look really good for Magnum T, another guy kind of bubbles up the top of the babyface ladder in 1988. And I think you know who I'm talking about, uh, Dave. I'm talking about the man called Sting. Mm. And by that point, Sting and Magnum would have been, oh my God, the women would have eaten them like birthday cake. Um, and I think you would have had, you would have built up guys like Flair, like Luger, and you would have had some other baby, uh, some other heels. And Flair might've left anyway. But, uh, I mean, again, I think we're, I think we might be going too deep in the weeds on other people as for how long Magnum's, um, value as a main eventer would have been, 
he might have lasted through the rest of the 80s, but I have a feeling that by the time the the Mid-South UWF merger happens and Ted comes in and we we transfer into WCW, I feel like Magnum's kind of very vanilla babyface yet stoic personality might have kind of lost the fans. Mm. So I the, feel the, like maybe by 1990, maybe by then Magnum makes a run kind of like dusty did at 89. Mm. Maybe at that point, Magnum possibly makes a, uh, a, uh, uh, a run in the WWF. Either that, or do you, do you turn him heel? Does he join uh, the horseman in 1990 and does he feud with sting then? Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it would have worked. I don't think it would have worked at all. Mm. Uh, because if if Magnum's baby, if Magnum's promo skills were average as a baby face, they would have tanked as a heel. Yeah, you got to have some. You got to have some stick skills to be a top flight heel, and Magnum just didn't have it. Yeah. And if you want to know more about Magnum, shameless plug here, and his run, uh, please check out one of the great shows here on the PTV wrestling network. And that is of course, uh, NWA crock and roll, Sean, Dr. G, uh, Callum and Sean, uh, and, uh, Scott Shiflett and some of their, and their other guests, uh, right now they're in the spring of 1986 in their timeline, Dave. So, uh, mm-hmm. they're right in that stretch with, uh, with, uh, 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 Magnum and, uh, and Dakita and all that. So, you're seeing the build there. So check it out. Uh, check out the, the uh, NWA crock and roll here on the PTV wrestling network, because right now they're in that timeline of May, March, April, May, June of 1986. So, yeah. but in terms of a, of a heel turn, Dave, I don't know if it would have worked. Yeah. He didn't no, have, I, I agree. He didn't have strong enough uh, Mike skills as a baby face, but he could have gotten away with it because he was good looking and he was a champion and he wins matches. But if he's got to cut like angry heel promos and then try to job, uh, I don't know how that would have gone. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I think I think that's the key, and he probably you probably we probably would have seen a little bit of a fizz out. Maybe, maybe he becomes one of those guys, journeyman bouncing around the indies. Maybe maybe he's a guy who who gets um you know maybe he's a guy that Paul Heyman uses in the early days of ECW yeah. to help. I just to help thought of that myself. Get, yes. get get his or 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 Cornet down in Smoky Mountain. You know, you could see him being that sort of prominent guy at the that's used to help build the early days of, of those companies. But I think I agree with you that the, uh, the, the lack of uh, talent on the mic is, is, is going to impact there. So, well, well, from, from talking about needing to have talent on the mic as a heel, mm-hmm. I think that's a good, a good opportunity to move into our, our second our second guy, unless you've got anything more you want to share about Magnum, I think we're we're at a point where we can move on to our second uh, second view, second journey for the day. Yeah, um, no, I, I think we're good. I think we're good on Magnum. Mm. Yeah, that's about as good as he was going to go. Well, in 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 the nineties, there were not many better heels on the microphone. Out, you know, once you 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 moved Ric Flair out of the equation, there weren't many better heels on the microphone. Than the man himself, ravishing Rick Rude. Correct. He he was fantastic. He was someone who just got better and better. I think as his career moved on, and um and as we all know, in uh, in 1994, Rick Rude is is 
in the midst of his uh, of his international world heavyweight championship run because uh, the WCW withdrew from the NWA just as Rude was given that that title run. So Rude Rude was in a very top position in WCW in in early in early eighty ninety four. And we know, um, those of you who are fans know that in around about May 1984, he was wrestling Sting in Japan. Uh, and it was actually May 1st, 1994, wrestling Sting in Japan. And he suffered a significant injury to his back, which pretty well ended, not pretty well, it ended his in-ring career. And as of that point, he had to... Um, he he won. He actually won the international world title back from Sting on that on that event, which is something I didn't realize until I was prepping for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that Sting had beaten him not long before it, um, and I thought Sting just held it. I thought that was part of the the plans and the preparations for bringing in Hulk Hogan into WCW was to get that belt off Rude and you know move it to Sting to move it to Flair to to unify everything and prepare the run for Hogan. Um, so Rude had to forfeit that title and, and his career's over. And, and, and there's someone I, I'd like, because when he, when he, this injury happened, I think without question, Rude was at the absolute peak of his career at that point. He, in ring and on the mic, there were few that were better than Rick Rude in, in early to mid eight ninety four. Mm-hmm. So, what what might have happened with Rick Rude if his back injury hadn't occurred? What might his in-ring career have looked like moving forward? And, um, you know, Rick Rude is, he's one of my favorites. Uh, he, he's one of those heels that from early, the early on, I always enjoyed his, his work. I always enjoyed the the arrogance that he brought and the, the, the insulting the fans before the match. I loved his pre-match um, stuff. It always brought a, a laugh to me. And um, I loved, you know, the work he did. I think we, we've, t- we've talked about this before. Um, the work he did with Ultimate Warrior in 89 is just sensational. And he, oh, he, he, he just had these two sensational matches with, with Ultimate Warrior in in 89 and we talked about that in our warrior episode and and sort of harked in on that uh, he comes to wcw he he's at the peak of his game he had some great matches with flair the year before and matches with sting and and everything he did just seemed to be working and 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 then he's out hurt so where what what happens with rude if he stays healthy does he does he get the opportunity to win a legitimate world heavyweight championship. And I say legitimate because the international world title was not, con- you know, with the withdrawal from the NWA, that was just, they had to work out what to do with it. And it was never really seen and viewed in the same light as the WCW title. So where does he go? And, and, and tied in with that is obviously Hulk Hogan's arrival in WCW. Now, I'm going to put it out there right at the start. It is, it is common knowledge. It is well known that Hogan and Rude did not get along, did not like each other. I've there's been a lot of stuff that's come out that Hogan refused to wrestle Rude when he was WWF champion. 
um, in that sort of 88, 89, 90 time period. Didn't want to have a bar of him, probably because of Rude's legitimate um, – he, he was seen as a legitimate guy, a guy who could actually – do what needed to be done if, if you didn't want to work with him. Um, we know that that Rude did not like Hogan because of it. That's that's pretty common knowledge. So Hogan comes to WCW. Does Rude hang around? What happens to Rude? Does he stay? Does he? Can they work a Hogan-Rude match? Or does Rude need to go and find greener pastures elsewhere? What are your thoughts, uh there, Scott. Uh, well, Dave, let me. I was just thinking about what what would have happened in a po in a in a Hogan world in WCW. Um, Rude and Hogan rarely crossed paths in the WWF. Um, you know, maybe uh, uh, you know the 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 one. You know, probably the one uh, Survivor Series match in, you know, in 87. But really, their paths never crossed, probably because, you know, Rude was a great heel. What about... Let's let's have two scenarios here. Number one, let's say that, that Rude sticks around. He They merge those titles... Now, it was common knowledge, and, and I have one of the matches on my top 100, but watching the, the feud between Rude and Flair in the fall of 1993, those matches were not that great. Uh, they were okay. They were average. Um, they did not have chemistry. Having said that, somehow, somehow, uh, I think... You couldn't have Rude in the company and not go after Hogan after Flair drops it at Bash at the Beach 94 because that, that was happening regardless. Mm. Um, that was a Bischoff thing, and he was definitely going to do that. That, that was why Hogan was brought in. He was brought in yeah. to win the, win the title. Yeah, immediately. I mean, fucking immediately. Mm. Um, so the question then is, what happens then? Rude seems like such a guy, a great heel worker, that you weren't just going to have him float around the mid-card wrestling like DDP and Johnny B. Bad and, you know, these fucking guys. I don't think that was going to happen. You had to put your your issues to the side and, and try to get a feud, a, a Rude Hogan feud going. Unless... Unless Rude sees the writing on the wall and he's going to turn into uh, he would he's going to become Vader 95 and just job over and over again. And he's like, the hell with this shit. I'm not going to be this guy's punching bag. Screw that. I'm going back. I'm going to talk to Vince and I'm coming back. Hmm. And we see instead of Sid. Instead of Sid. How about Rick Rude in, quote, the corporation mm. instead of Sid? And Sid, Sid could be in the corporation, but he could be a side guy. 
you get rude in the corporation and you're talking about some epic matches with Diesel because I think rude because one thing about rude Dave rude uh can work with big guys we saw that mm. with Ultimate Warrior Uh, so I think Rude and um, Diesel matches in 1995, I think, would be epic. And I think it would totally change the fabric of the WWF in 1995. Yeah. I I I can't I agree with you. Don't more. get. Yeah, you're not going to get these this, you know, in your house one shit shows, uh, and these these horrendous matches between Diesel and Sid, in the, you know, in the middle of 1995. I just, you just don't get them. You're just not going to get them. Uh, because I, I can't see Rude sticking around in WCW being a mid card punching bag. And then eventually just become another, you know, he'll pretty much be what he probably would have been in the Federation era. A Hogan mm. heel being vanquished. Yeah. And now he's seeing Hogan, you know, six years later in WCW. And he's like, screw this. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and be this guy's punching bag. Go ahead, Vader, you fat bastard. You think you're a hot shot? Go ahead. Take the payday while you're laying, looking at the lights uh, every other month. He's like, I'm out of here. And and he didn't leave on bad terms. Uh, no, rude in nineteen uh, in nineteen ninety in WWF. So I'm sure, I am sure that Vince would have brought him back, and you put him in the corporation, and he would have fit perfectly in the corporation, even better than Sid in nineteen ninety five. And maybe the corporation as a, as a as a gimmick is not as crappy as it ended up being. Um, yeah, and you well, get matches with Diesel, better matches with Diesel. You don't have to feud with even if like even if you have the feuds, Dave, with Sid. Let's just do this, and I'll, hmm. I'll get your point. Let me just get this out because I'll forget. So, all right, he has a couple matches with Sid. Say Rude instead of stupid Mabel. Say Rude wins the King of the Ring tournament. First of all, you makes for a better pay per view than the pile of slop we ended up getting. Hmm. And it's Rude and Diesel at King of the Ring '95. Uh, it's at uh, SummerSlam '95. Hmm. And you get a great match. Diesel does win. But somewhere in the fall, instead of Brett getting that token war title reign back that pissed him off for six months, somehow Rude wins the title at Survivor Series 95. He holds the belt throughout the spring, and Sean takes it from Rude at WrestleMania 12. And you maybe get, and you still give him an Iron Man match, because don't forget, you know, Rick Rude went 30 minutes with Ricky Steamboat, and mm. you could you could debate on who's a better worker between Ricky Steamboat and Shawn Michaels. That's that 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 could be a battle in everybody's own mind. Mm. But you put Rude and Shawn at WrestleMania 12, and we might we might be onto something. Yeah. And then Brett doesn't have to cry that his that his reign was crap because all he was was being fed to Shawn eventually. If that pissed him off so much, fine. Rude will do it. You tell me Rick Rude wouldn't want to be in the main event of WrestleMania? 
Of course he would. Mm. And he gets a 60-minute Ironman match. He would have done it. Now, how far would he have stuck around after that? I don't know. Because by then, he was getting up there in age. He was in well, his mid-30s by then. So, it's well, a question it, of how it, long it, it, it lasted. It's it, it's an interesting look. Now, I'm just going to ask, you: are you sure you are not looking at... You, you're sure you're not down here in Australia looking over my shoulder at my notes? Because you have literally, <laughs> literally taken... My concepts for 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 what would have happened. Um, That's why I, our show is so great, Dave. <laughs> that is why we're as, that is why we're as damn good as we are. I I yes. agree. I agree totally. I think, like you said, if 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 Rude, the the question comes: Can Rude and Hogan coexist? Now, if you can get something, can you imagine after the Flair series if Starcade '94? was Hogan versus Rude to unify those two titles. Now, there's a match. And yes, you know Hogan's going to go over. But if you can if you can at least maybe pay Rude enough or get these guys on the page, they can work something. You've got a better Starcade 94 right there. Yes. But but coming out of that, I don't see Rude hanging around to, to play job boy and to go back down to the mid card. I, no, I, I agree know. with that. I think, I think he gets his payday. With, with with Hogan and probably on what is WCW's biggest show of the year, that's their version of WrestleMania. I could see him sticking around, dropping the belt there, and then leaving. And then, like you said, he comes into WWE. He he moves in whether he wins, whether it happens earlier in the year in '95 or whether he moves in. I I see that. I, I agree with you. He he becomes that uh, a guy who who can work against Diesel, make Diesel look good, have a great feud with him, and probably you could put the title on him at Survivor Series instead of Brett. And and then Rude can have an in-your-house match against Brett, or or even better, he wrestles Brett at the Royal Rumble. Now, that would have made that Rumble match fantastic instead of the Bret Hart-Undertaker schmozzle that we get. Yep. Rude and Brett can tear the house down there. And Brett and Rude were friends. They Brett would have oh, had yeah. no no problem putting Rude over. Imagine these two guys who like each other and respect each other would have put on a match for the ages. Um, you were, probably would have had that match of the year candidate. Then you move into, as you said, he, he can drop the belt to, to Sean at WrestleMania. He He's had that world title reign. But I see a lot more upside to him over the next couple of years. Um, you know, Sean, you know, Sean and, you know, they, maybe they have a rematch there and then Sean does his thing for, 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 for you know, moving sort of out of that time. And, you know, Sean can have, have, he, have the guys that he meets and, you know, maybe Rude is having, he's having matches in the, in the upper card against, um, you know, against a Luger, against a... Although Luger had gone back, I guess, at that point. But, you know, maybe he has some more matches with Brett, and they, they keep that feud rolling. Um, you you probably haven't had to turn Davy Boy Smith heel yet. He could have a couple of matches with Davy Boy. You, you, you could have him in those prominent roles and then use him to elevate some guys. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's Rick Rude that's used to help introduce and elevate Hunter Hearst Helmsley instead of what they did with Mr. Perfect. Maybe it's Rick Rude who who is is you know giving giving shine to to guys like 
um, Mark Merrow and, and Gold Dust to, to help get them up and running. But I actually see the upside of Rude coming when, if, if he hangs, you know, so he, he, he has a title reign from 95 to 96. Um, Sean holds it around. You could even put the belt back on him later in the I can see Rude being someone who could have multiple reigns. You could put the belt back on him, maybe instead of Sid. Maybe he has mm-hmm. a short reign. Or maybe when Sean's injury happens the following year, you know, the, the knee injury and he and he took his ball and went home. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Rude and Brett square off at the following year's WrestleMania because yeah, you know, and, and Brett gets the title back there. You know, instead of and, and then they can, you know, he can have some Austin stuff after that but maybe rude is used to put the title back on the brett for a while and if he and maybe he has a bit of a time off at this point has, has a few months maybe six months off recovers you know recuperates austin and brett do their thing mm-hmm. and you've got the build for austin and then when austin wins the title rude returns and rude is the first guy to challenge stone cold because they're they're friends as well and yeah you're you're holding off on maybe what you did with dude love but rick rude would could be the corporate choice rick rude could have been the man who fits the image that vince mcmahon wants because that's who rick rude was and Mm -hmm. and 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 you and you use that as as a catalyst for for helping Austin's first championship reign. I, I can see Rude if he stayed fit for two or three years, having a couple of championship reigns there to help elevate other guys with the purpose of probably coming out of that that time period that as you move into the Attitude Era. I mean, he would have been perfect to to work with, you know, Shawn Michaels in the I mean, He was there with DX. Imagine if he was actually able to go in ring. You know, imagine a team of, of Michaels and, and Rude, you know, causing havoc for a while. Or, or Rude makes the come. Like I said, Rude's had the time off. He makes the comeback in early 88. And then maybe it's it's Rude who takes over leadership of DX. And Rude then, you know, perhaps gets turned babyface in the process. Because, like, what happened with, with, with DX and Hunter, you know? And, and Rude puts over the rock. And Rude puts, you know, is used to elevate guys but in in a prominent role i could see rude filling that role quite well and uh because i know when the first reason the first time the first thing people i'm sure all of you listening thought of when you heard that we were doing rude as an example tonight you were thinking well he died in 99 what would have happened after 99 no i think that if if this happens and he doesn't get hurt he doesn't die I mean, I can't Mm. guarantee that he didn't die between 1999 and now, but I don't think he dies in 99 because he was trying to get in shape to get back into the ring and he was kind of mixing his meds and that ultimately is Mm. what took him out. I don't think that happens because he's consistently in the ring right now. He's consistently wrestling. So I don't know if he needs to take these cocktails that he was taking in 98 and 99 in in, in the real world and not the looking glass that ended up leading to his his death of a heart attack in, in April of 99. So how much longer would he have lived? I don't know. 
I, I'm sure he he obviously would not have wrestled. I don't think into the 2000s. I think he would have probably called it quit because he was 40 uh, think, in, in 99. So I don't I don't know how deep into the 2000s. Maybe he might have wrestled through the 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 invasion. Maybe, but by ruthless aggression, he probably have been like, I'm good. I don't know. Yeah. How far do you think, Dave? I, I think I think if he kept wrestling full time, I think come the time of the invasion, he probably would have needed time off, and the character of Rick Rude probably wouldn't have worked well. I think in the invasion, if he'd been around, he might have become a little bit stale, like X Puck did, um, and people you know sort of turn off him. But if he if he sort of goes away for a while, then you could use him as one of those sort of those legend guys who comes back every now and then, you know, you know bring him back at post invasion. You could use him to come back for a few months and, mm-hmm. and ele- elevate a couple of guys. And he goes away again for a little while. Then he comes back and, or maybe he's a guy that TNA signs in their early days. And he has a bit of a run there and helps put that promotion on the map. Um, you know, uh, as sort of a back end of his career. But I, I do think he's probably someone because, Apart from all, apart from how good he was in the ring, he he's well known to be a, a very strong family guy as well. His family was very important to him, and so you could you could see that probably in the early two thousands, his his family would have been getting older. He probably would have wanted to spend more time with them and less mm-hmm. less of less of an in ring schedule. Well, as you've heard, uh, as as you were saying earlier, that that Brett Bret Hart has said that even though he had the persona. Uh, he was not like uh, Ric Flair, who lived the persona. Mm. He was a dedicated family man. As a matter of fact, this is something I didn't realize until I just looked it up now. He kept his wedding ring on during his matches. Uh, he did not. A lot of guys took it off. Um, he just taped over it mm. um, because he was so dedicated. He did not want to lose his ring, and he didn't want any people thinking he was not married. So, um, uh uh, in fact, you know what I would actually see probably happen. Just, just, just thinking about it right now, I think after he, if he puts over Austin, I think the direction the Attitude Era took, I could see Rude almost making statements that Bret Hart did um, when, even though he'd left, sort of like this, this isn't for me. The, this direction is the, the the nudity, the the real pushing of the TNA, t- mm-hmm. t- the, 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 the t-, t and a side of things. I could see Rude going. You know what? I I, I need I need to get out of here because that's I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to put that pressure on my wife and my family. I don't want them to, right. people to think that that's who I am. So he he maybe leaves for a while. To come back later, like I said, come back later and and do stuff at different times. But maybe sure. starts to wind down his career as the attitude era really takes off. Because he looks like the kind of guy that would have always stayed in shape too. Mm. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have got. He wouldn't have gotten. He wouldn't have gotten the dad body. He wouldn't have gotten very doughy. I have a mm. feeling he would have stayed in as good a shape as he possibly uh, he possibly could have. Yeah. So I, I could see him coming back in like two thousand three, two thousand five, two thousand six. Mm. One shots, whatever. And then yeah. maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's a guy Vince perhaps trusts as a backstage guy, as an agent. Yeah. Maybe that's something he would have liked. But I agree with you about the Attitude Era thing. Like, it's one thing to have that gimmick during the Federation era when um, when you knew it was, it was definitely a gimmick. Mm. But in the Attitude Era, when the black and white definitely shaded gray, um, 
I don't know if Rude would have gotten away with it without thinking that's actually what he does. And obviously, as as I mentioned, very loyal to his wife. So, um, yeah. Hmm. So, but, but I, I, I think, think he, I think he had a good. I think he would have had a good run. I think he would have yeah. had a good run. I think he would have been a World Wrestling Federation champion, which he deserved. Multiple um, times, multiple yeah. times, and and, um, I, and 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 a Hall of Famer. We, we, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer anyway. But but I think you know that that real Hall of Fame type career. Right. So just to reiterate, everybody, we're not talking about what would have happened if he didn't die, because that really has nothing to do with this. We're talking about what would have happened had he not had that terrible back injury in in May or June or whatever it was of or April mm. of 1994. Um, because we think that if he's not hurt. He doesn't push himself to try to get back in shape, take a bunch of bad meds, and die in his sleep, which is what he did do in, in April of, of 1999. We don't think that would have happened at all. Would he have kept living? I don't know. I mean, who knows what happens at that point. But we're talking more from an in-ring perspective mm. and, and, what would have, and what would have kept him going, not necessarily, you know, we, we don't think he would have died in 1999. Let's put it that way. I mean, again, he was known as a guy who did take roi- a steroid, so we don't know how his body would have ha- handled things later on in life but that doesn't necessarily we're not saying that we're just saying that we think that had he continued his career and reached so many great heights in the late 90s that he wouldn't have had to push himself with the drug with the medications and stuff to get back in shape that uh he would not have i don't we don't think he would have passed mm-hmm. away sleep so um mm-hmm. but yeah i think uh i'm pretty proud of ourselves on that one dave i think we yeah. uh we pretty much made rude uh yeah, an even better hall of famer than he already was yeah absolutely so. Well, well, talking about people who unfortunately passed away in their sleep, um, the next guy, and I don't know that we'll need to spend too long on this guy, but the next guy is someone who, who sadly did pass away in his sleep. Um, and uh, a guy that I don't think had reached as high as he could have gotten in the business, and, and that's, that's Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. Passed away in his sleep in 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 late nineteen ninety seven, and uh, you know, right in the middle, you know, sort of just as Austin's on his rise and the Hart Foundation as a as a stable are at their peak, not long before, um, before the screw job happens, Pillman is in the midst of a of a of a of a storyline with gold dust and and as we all know passes away the night before mm-hmm. um uh the pay-per-view bad blood, uh, bad blood. Bad blood yep. pay-per-view uh, very 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 sad and i remember this one um i remember you know this one being being something that did mm-hmm. i think it, it was that shock of just such, such a sudden sudden change in the middle of a storyline this is the first one that i remember from a storyline perspective had such a hit um, and, and, and so I guess there's the question. Pillman is a guy who was already struggling with injuries um, and, and, and issues. Uh, if he doesn't pass away in his sleep, if he does get to continue wrestling, even for a couple of years, what does his career look like? Where, where do things go? Um, and, and, and I want to I wanna lay, the, lay the foundation here. The screw job still happens. So, yeah, definitely. One had nothing to do with the other. Yeah. No, no. So I, I believe Pillman would have stayed in the WWF. He was contracted. He was there. He might have been tight with the Hart family, but, you know, I, I don't think that he would have been leaving. I think like Owen, he would have ended up being able to find a way to, to stay and to work there um, because he was just 
he was just really coming into into his spot, having overcome all those injuries. He was just getting back into in-ring shape to the point where he probably knew he couldn't go back to WCW. He burned the bridge there. He really didn't have any other options. So where do things go for, 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 for the loose cannon? Where do, do things take him in, in late 97 and, and early 98? I, 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 think, I think what we see is, at least in the, in the initial stage, post-screwjob, we probably see something similar with Owen. He probably initially threatens to quit. He, he and Owen are probably talking quite regularly. And in the same way they were able to negotiate with Owen to stay, I see Pillman staying. And, and maybe... It, maybe like Owen, maybe he and Owen come back initially and they're feuding with DX in, in that, in that December, January time period. They, they come back and, and maybe they're feuding with DX in the ring and on raw in the lead up to WrestleMania. Um, you know, Owen working, you know, tag matches against Sean and, and Hunter and, um, you know, bits and pieces, Pillman probably in the no way out match, Um, you know, possibly, you know, maybe we don't see the arrival of Terry Funk. Maybe, you know, Pillman's in that match along with Owen and, and, and HBK against DX. You know, you could, I could see that as being, as being something that happens, but I think it's post WrestleMania where Pillman would really come into his own. Because I think that's the point, maybe not the first challenger, but that's the point they really draw back on the history between Pillman and, and Stone Cold. And I see Pillman and Austin having a massive feud over the world title in 1998. I think that's where his career would have gone. He, he has a, a, a couple of pay-per-view matches with, with Austin. Um, drops, them, drops them, loses them, but they're able to draw on that history. They, the, the company are now starting to talk about history. These guys used to be tag team partners. Um, they can talk about how they were friends for a while. And, and you know, now it's Pillman, maybe Pillman's jealous of where Austin's come to. Maybe Pillman can talk about how, you know, you injured my ankle and you stopped me from getting in that position. Uh, you've got that opportunity to, to build them and, and, put them in a couple of high-profile matches before Austin maybe moves on to his series with The Undertaker and everything that happened with The Undertaker and Kane. And and Pillman moves from there into probable, you know, maybe an IC title run, uh, mm-hmm. maybe 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 some uh, um, a tag title reign with Owen Hart. I, I think a lot of Pillman gets gets tied up with, with Austin and then Owen. Uh, if he if he doesn't pass away, yeah, I I definitely think yeah because he was the re- Owen didn't <clears throat> let me rephrase this Owen didn't leave because he didn't want to leave he couldn't leave because he was under contract the rest of the guys were able to bail. Mm. Um, Pillman I think would have told Brett this is where I think the 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 bond of the Hart family I think Pillman would have told Brett I'll, I'll keep an eye on him we'll keep an eye on each other. Don't worry, about it. don't worry about it. We'll be we'll be okay. Because deep down, it was all an act. Pillman knew it, so mm. um, he he would have been. I think he, him and Owen would have protected each other from whatever shit was going on at the end of 1997. We all know it was a big mess. 
Um, I think they would have weathered the storm. I think Pillman would have kept the Goldust feud going, and he might have you know goofed off a little bit early in '98. Uh, maybe had a pretty great match. Um, you know, a pretty great match. Uh, um, at WrestleMania 14 with somebody, and uh, then and and I've talked about this with Jr. many times on our show over the years. Uh, Pillman is the guy and not, you know, Pillman is the guy and not, uh, uh, dude love that gets those mm. title shots in, uh, at, at uh, unforgiven 98 and over the edge 98. Yeah. Um, and they're bangers, you know, I think because stone cold, obviously him and Brian were, you know, Brian, my guy, Brian, uh, they had their same chains and everything. I think they would have acknowledged that they were in the Hollywood blondes. Um, which, by the way, I'm looking right at the, their their uh, WWF Classic Superstars tag team packet package mm-hmm. uh, figures. Uh, Dave, I have them on my wall of Pillman and Austin. Because let's be honest, the Hollywood Blondes were um, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think you would have got some great promos from the two of them. Um, obviously, there was nowhere else for for Pillman to go. Uh, he would have made more money in the WWF than he would have obviously in ECW. Um, he was definitely not. I mean, if, if as long as Eric Bischoff was running things, he was never He's going back to WCW. Never going so, back. No, never going back to WCW. I don't think he wanted to anyway. I respect you, Booker man. Um, I think that's going to stick in their craw for a while. Um, and then I think he would have just kind of had fun. I would have loved to have seen. I agree with you. I think instead of, I mean, the New Age Outlaws were the team of the heel team in '98. But I'll tell you something. A uh, a Pillman Owen tag team, Dave would have been amazing. And yeah. the the chemistry between them, when they were together in '97 in, in the Hart Foundation, they were awesome. They were awesome. Remember when they were wrestling in that European title match and they were kind of like pretend goofing off and oh fake arm bars. Oh, it was it was hilarious. They had amazing chemistry together. And whether it was in the ring or just cutting promos, I think Pillman and Owen, and we're gonna get obviously. You might, you might listeners think of who we're probably about to talk about next, um, would have thrived in, in that setting in 98 and would have been a pretty damn good tag team. And I think Pillman would have probably lasted. I just, I hate to say this, Dave, and this will be the only guy I'll talk about this with. I'll say this about tonight. I just feel like Pillman was cursed Mm. and I I have a feeling something was going to happen to him sometime down the line. Let's put it this way. If if he didn't die that morning, I hate to say this. God strike me down. If he didn't die the morning of over the of a uh, bad blood 97, he would have died at some point down the line. I, I I don't think he still would be here with us today. I hate to say that. That's just and, how Brian and if, was. And if not and if not um if not an early death, I think his body wouldn't have coped for many more years he, his body would have yeah. broken down like he would have suffered the more injuries he'd be the sort of guy that he just he couldn't stay in ring fit and he'd have to retire due to injury like i could like i said you know a, a tag run with owen but i wouldn't be surprised if by the time you get to that invasion time period that his body had just hit the point where he couldn't compete anymore and he's and he's had to retire due to injuries permanent like 
you know, and, and, he, and he makes that occasional appear, like, you know, like these guys do. He, he, he becomes a guy that you could bring out as, you know, and maybe, it, you know, if he has to retire due to injury, maybe he becomes the commentator, the color commentator on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they turn and, and, and use him in that role, look to use him as a commentator rather than um, have him retire off into the sunset. Right. Uh, that's entirely possible. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't not see that, you know. Um, because I think, I do think eventually, uh, yeah, he just, his body couldn't handle it. Which sucks because I really would have liked to, have, I mean, think about it. Have we been able to see him through the invasion as total pre be and he'd be an awesome baby face totally pro wwf obviously he was not gonna you know i just i think he would have just told vince i gotta be on your side you can't have me i i can't be with wcw they're not gonna it would not have been believable so had brian been healthy enough to get to the invasion in 2001 I think he probably would have been a uh, a, a, a pro WWF babyface yeah. guy. I, I tell you what would have been fun if he was able to make it that far just before the invasion storyline happened when Austin turned heel. Can mm-hmm. you imagine Pillman slitting into slipping into that two man power trip and you get the reunification of the Hollywood Blondes with oh, Bruce Cannon and Crazy amazing. Stone Cold? Oh that, my God! That would have been awesome. And they could have they could have wore they could have gone back and wore their their Hollywood blondes uh, uh, vests and done the whole picture thing with their hands and done that their <laughs> uh, their awesome theme. Oh my god, man, that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. I got to be honest, that would have been amazing. Um, but I, I do think, sadly, that his body would not have been able to handle much of anything by two thousand two, and. Something tells me, I hate to say it, I, I still don't think he'd be with us today. That's the only, he's the only one here that we're going to talk about tonight that I think would still have passed away at some point. I hate yeah. to say it. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Am I, am I being too morose, Dave? I don't know. No, I think, I think like we said, his body had been through so much, um, even just trying to keep it together. If he managed to keep his body together, eventually his body would have broken down. And yeah. If he, you know, he's the sort of guy that if he couldn't, if he couldn't do it, it might have, it might have gutted him to the point that he might have struggled to to keep going. And mm. I, I don't want to. That that's just really bringing the morbid mood to the night to to the episode. So right, maybe, but yeah, I agree with you there. So. Mm. So I think I think, I think maybe maybe we might need to move on from uh from yeah from yeah. yeah we don't want to get too far deep where we're starting to depress well, let, well let's let's move on to to number four and uh and we've alluded to this guy a few times already and uh and I, I no episode trying to do this could could not cover the the late great Owen Hart yeah. um, a man whose whose career ended in such a tragic way should never happen this is not the this is not the 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 episode to talk about that where we're not here to uh, oh he, he was he was the one I think that was felt by by fans more than anything because he was so he was so loved. He 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 might have been a heel or a baby face, but he was he was respected by the fan base. He he yes. really was in that he was in that attitude of that that realm of the the guy who 
even if he was a heel, you wanted to cheer him. You know, the way Ric Flair had become in 93, 94, like, yeah, you wanted to cheer him regardless. Um, you know, and he would become, you know, other guys have, have, have moved into that, that, you know, that role over the years. Mm-hmm. He was, he was respected and, and, and had a massive impact on, on a lot of fans that the, the Owen Hart tribute for is, 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 is sad. It's a gut also, punch. Yeah. It it is it is it is one of the most memorable ones as well, just because you could see how how loved he was, not just by fans, but by by uh, by his comrades, his his mm-hmm. fellow his fellow superstars. So, yep. we, we you know it, it it's again we, we we talk about where things were going. It is it is well known. Yeah, you know, and yeah, you know, he was. We were in the time period of the Blue Blazer when he um, died coming down you know abseiling down into the ring and the and the 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 harness didn't work properly and and released early and he and he fell but it is well known he was scheduled to win the title that night it's it's mm-hmm. no secret it's um it's it's a well-known fact that owen hart under the guise of the blue blazer was going to win the ic title that night playing that role of the counter attitude era guy um, which it, it, he was fun. It was it was it was a good a good role. Um, which in the Attitude Era played what he played the the baby face of the eighties, but doing it in the Attitude Era made him the heel, and and he did it so well. Where does his career go? Where does his career go if he if he stays? I mean, obviously the IC title is going to bounce around. He's not going to be the Blue Blazer for a long-term thing that that's not what the gimmick was about he probably would have been unmasked formally in the ring by someone at some point um like they do with those sorts of gimmicks where where does his career go uh what 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 happens to him moving into to 2000 and 2001 well there was a big rumor discuss that i that i had heard um that uh, that he was ready to retire from in-ring. He wanted to be a firefighter. And he mm. wanted to move back to Calgary with Martha and... O- is it Oj? Or is Oj... Uh, OG or OJ? Is that Brett's kid? No, Brett's kid's Blade. Um, OG is, is, is Owen's son. Is Owen's son. Okay. And I think he wanted to be with his family. And so I got to be honest, in terms of in-ring, I don't know how much longer he was going to go. Would he have wrestled into 2000? Probably. Uh, would he have ever... Be, the, the big question here, though, Dave, whenever he retires, because I think he was going to within the next, like, three years, I think I think Owen was going to retire and move to Calgary, back to Calgary and, and be a firefighter. That apparently... Well, a much safer job than being a wrestler, <laughs> apparently. Um, so let's say this. We're not going to rebook. I'll tell you something. That might be a good separate episode. Uh, booking Owen had he lived as a standalone because that could be pretty fun. But let's say at let's say he he stays in the company till say ruthless aggression. I think by two thousand two he probably would have been up there in years. He'd have been probably close to forty because when he died he was only thirty four. So he's probably like thirty. Let's say he wrestles probably till like thirty seven, which would have been two thousand two, the end of the Attitude Era and the beginning of ruthless aggression. By that point, I think he was probably done. Uh, 
I think he would have gone home to Calgary, done his whatever. But in that stretch, Dave, I'm going to say this. This is going to be very bold on my part, okay? Do you know who, in my opinion, let's say Owen Hart stays in the company through those next few years, okay? Do you know who I think will be the most affected by Owen Hart still being alive and wrestling for the next three years after 1999? And the answer is Kurt Angle. Mm. Because I think if Owen was still alive, Kurt Angle would still be in, it would still, would have still been in, uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I think Kurt Angle would still be in the mid card in 2000, but I do not think he wins the title at No Mercy 2000. I think Owen Hart does. Okay. I think Owen Hart does. I think Owen Hart is the heel that beats The Rock at No Way Out at uh, No Mercy 2000 and finally gets what he truly deserved a world heavy a world championship. I think he and I think the I think the title reign is the same. He holds it through because I think they were I think you know they were they were due for Austin Rock at seventeen. I think that was mm. set in stone. I think the, the the feud is the same. He wrestles Taker. He wrestles the six pack in the cell. He wrestles Triple H, and then he loses to Rock at No Way Out. 01. I think the feud. I think the the the, the title run is is pretty much exactly the same. But I think it's Owen in that slot and not Kurt. If Owen is still alive, oh. and then I think he wrestles through the uh, invasion, you know. But then I think by by two thousand two, I think he tells Vince, "I'm I'm good, I'm good." Well, I'm I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Okay, I don't okay. I I don't see that being the the direction they would go. I think okay. you would still get the rise of Kurt. In fact, I I'd see Owen as a great opponent for Kurt. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. They would they would have some great matches. But I do see Owen getting a title run. I see Owen slipping into Chris Jericho's spot in 2001. And Owen, through the back end of the invasion, takes Chris Jericho's role of never won the big one and gets maybe that WCW title switch with with The Rock. But more importantly... He's the one who wins the four-way tournament at Survivor Series 2000. Uh, sorry, at Armageddon 2001. Wow. That's where that's where I see it happening. With, with in his mind, he wins that. He's going to drop the belt at WrestleMania, and he's going to retire. That will be his last match. That wow. WrestleMania match in in Canada. He drops the title in Canada in 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 front of that home, uh, nearly hometown audience, and then he and then he retires. That that's what I would see as Owen's Owen's opportunity because I, I do think if I look at the picture and the reasons why they put the title on Jericho, it, it really was um, looking to do something different with someone who who deserved an elevation, and I don't think anyone would have denied owen that but i think if owen had hadn't passed away and he stuck around he would have he would have been the company man he would have done done the jobs for for kurt he would have done it for rock and and hunter and and all these guys over the years i think the invasion storyline would have been the perfect opportunity to build him up as a guy who um 
you know, you could give him a lot of wins in that time period and really almost make him the the guy who champions the cause with Hunter out hurt, what and Austin and Kurt out hurt, and they're both sort of being on the alliance side of things. Owen could be the in ring leader of of the WWF in that time period, mm-hmm. uh, along with The Rock. And then then he and The Rock sort of come to blows and you can harken back to the whole nation thing. You know, we go back to there and I held you back there and, and you never gave me a shot then and you haven't given me a shot now and I, I can do it. Owen gets that win at Armageddon, has a very short run, but with the purpose and plan to retire in, in 2000 and and at WrestleMania in 2002. That's what I think would have happened with Owen. I like that, Dave. I like mine too, though. But I do <laughs> I do like yours. I do like yours, though. I do like yours, though. Um, either way, uh, I think Owen would have become world champion at some point. I do, I do think that. Um, I think... I think this let's I, I had this in my mind while you were talking and while you were giving your points and and here's something we have to think about now say all right Owen doesn't die so Owen's alive in 99 Goldberg punts him in the head punts his brother in the head at whatever it was Starcade. and Brett's like you know what fuck this place I'm out of here I'm going back to WWF because I think if Owen hadn't died I think Brett would not have been as I think Brett's rankling would have subsided. And I think Owen and Pill and 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 Bulldog and I mean Bulldog obviously had his own issues, but I think they'd been like, look, dude, just come back. Just just get over it. Yeah. And 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 on the other side, I think I think the hires up in WWF would have been like, Vince, just just say you're sorry. Just move on. I think with Owen still alive, I think that would have been facilitated. And I think you see Brett back in the WWF. I, I, I um, think you're right. I, I think you know? that's that's that that's probably and and probably coming in in that elder statesman. He, he wouldn't compete very often. Um, he would right. he would just come back as in, in sort of that that special role. But he would have been able to have a couple of proper farewell matches. Because I the think. other thing too is uh, uh, Dave. I'm going to get this point out. If because you got to think to yourself. And Brett and Vince knew it. Vince said it. Vince said WCW is not going to know what to do with him. Mm. And sure enough, the guy debut. The guy shows up at Starcade '97, and his presence wrecks, through no fault of his own, what was supposed to be an epic main event between Hogan and Sting. Oh, of course, that was mostly Hogan's doing. But by the beginning of '99, he's been with the company a year and a half, and he hasn't sniffed the world title. He finally gets it in in. October of 99 in this throwaway tournament at Mayhem. Who knows? Even by 99, he's like, you know what? This place sucks. And maybe and maybe Owen starts telling him, listen, uh, Vince, let's, let's talk. So I definitely think that had Owen lived, I think the Cold War between Brett and Vince would have probably thawed faster. Absolutely, because I mean, it, it's well known that it's well known that Owen's passing was, it was, it, it drove the wedge deeper. Oh, um, definitely, bet- definitely between the two. So if Owen had, if Owen hadn't passed away, I, I agree. I think he would have been able to to, to thaw things over. 
Uh, Brett may not have been able to come back like the 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 concussion that he suffered with Goldberg. He may he may not have ever been able to come back full time. But I do agree he probably would have been able to um, sort something out to allow a return and 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 maybe maybe that that WrestleMania in in two thousand and one right before the invasion or not maybe not there maybe uh, post invasion WrestleMania maybe Brett comes in to have you know Owens Owens the champion and uh and brett brett comes out at his as his as as his second brett comes out as his manager brett comes out to to support his brother in this match that 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 uh that owen is going to retire with and then after that you know it's 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 a formal retirement but maybe down the track you know they make occasional appearances yeah then that legend format you know a Mm -hmm. couple of tag team you know maybe a little come back 12 months later and have a two-month tag team run and then and then yep. go back into retirement sort of thing. And he's and he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Oh yes. Obviously. Yes. We'd have whether he's alone or whether you put in the full Heart Foundation as a group, Sands, of course, uh uh British Bulldog, who we do not talk about tonight, probably because he had had his issues already and, and it had nothing to do with wrestling. He had had he lived, I don't know how much longer. He might have come back. I, I put, a bull, on a quick side note, I probably would have put Bulldog in the same kind of thing as Owen. He might have done some side shots for a while. Mm. And I don't think, um, I don't think he would have really made that big of an impact in the business after that anyway. No. Not like no. Owen. So no. that's why we didn't include Bulldog tonight. But you may disagree. Listen, at PTBN Wrestling on Twitter, uh, tell us what you think. Uh, since we didn't really delve into Davy Boy Smith tonight, what do you think? Let's say Bulldog does not die in 2002. What would he have done from from then to now? Tell us what you think. Hmm. Hit us on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling. Uh, before we move on to our final guy, Dave, just put this in your head for a minute, okay? Not as a wrestler, but as a trainer. How about you put Owen Hart? In NXT. Oh. <laughs> hmm? Oh, that would be both of them. Both of yeah. them would have been sensational. Yeah, because I think again, Brett's whole Brett's whole existence changes if Owen is mm. still alive. Yes. And and not just and Owen not just in ring, because that's 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 a gimme. Mm. But teaching them how to be good. Funny heels learn not just good promo work, but good comedic timing. Owen was all about timing. His timing was impeccable, particularly when him and Pillman were together. And he teaches that to these kids in FCW Mm. and or even or even in OVW earlier. Yeah. Think about think about Owen in Kentucky training. Let's just say this for shits and giggles. Let's say he's training in that 03, 04, 05 uh, OVW. And he trains guys like Cena and teaches them, teaches Cena the whole art of the the comedic timing. It took Mm. a while for Cena to get it. He might have got it sooner. Mm. Um, And then you, and then you, you know, you know who would have been a valuable guy early in his career for Owen Hart to have? And I hate to say, because we just mentioned him earlier and he was in our, we talked about him in our, in our debut episode. And that's CM Punk. I think see I think I think if Owen was around, I think CM Punk would have helped teach him 
I know you want to be like that guy, but don't go too far down the rabbit hole mm. of that guy. Yeah. You don't have to be, you don't have to live the life of that guy. And mm. now, and, and I think Owen had that respect that he probably, Punk probably would have been like, eh, yeah, you're probably right. Being a company guy to a certain point probably is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So, and I think Owen's, I think Owen's professional advice would have been invaluable to guys saying in a OVW or FCW or even in in NXT. Just imagine, just imagine Owen Hart. Oh my God. Holy crap. I just realized something else amazing. Dave, mm-hmm. let's fast forward to 2000, whatever, seven. Just imagine uh, Owen with Kevin Owens and Jericho. Oh, holy shit. How hilarious. <laughs> and, and, oh my God, we can do this all night. We have one more guy we got to talk about. But I have always said, and I said this, to, I think I've said this to you. Um, I think I said this to you once before. We might have talked about it in our, I think we talked about it when we did our WrestleMania episode. But the Brett Vince feud, not the match, because we know the match at WrestleMania 26 was crap, but that feud missed three guys and two of them we talked about tonight. When you're talking about building a feud, and having an amazing tete-a-tete storyline situation. I said this, I've said this many times, okay? What did that feud miss? That feud missed Bulldog, that feud missed um, Owen, and that feud missed Pillman. Three guys who would have, whose comedic abilities would have carried that feud between Vince and Brett in 2010. Yep. And instead you were stuck with fucking Bruce and, yeah. and uh, Keith and all these other mumbling doofuses in that family, <laughs> all the yeah. leftovers instead of the guys that would have really put that feud over like gangbusters, mm. bulldog and Owen and Pillman. It's, it's a crime. It's a crime. But I just fathom Owen Hart as a trainer in 2012, 2013, 2014 NXT. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh my God. And again, not just the in-ring part, not just the, the cut, the work rate part, but the psychology and talking the match and Mm. having filling the gaps, you know, Owen Hart would have been very helpful for Jeff Hardy. Who can't fill the gaps in a match. Who's Mm. awful when it came to do telling stories in a match. He threw his body around and then wiggled for three minutes. Then did another move and then wiggled for three minutes. Like, it's the worst. Owen Hart would have been perfect to help out in the late 2000s when, you know, 2008, 2009, when, when, when they had elevated Jeff Hardy. Owen Hart would have been the perfect guy to teach him how to fill the gaps of his matches instead of just putting on an amazing move and then goofing off and screwing around for three minutes before the next big moment came along. Mm. A guy like Owen Hart would have helped him fill those gaps. It would have helped him tell stories. It's, this is really making me sad. This is I, didn't, I knew this was going to be the one guy tonight, Dave. Although this next guy is going to really make me sad. But mm. 
this is the guy that would have made me sad. Because just imagine the asset that Owen Hart would have been in this company in the two th- over the last twenty years. As an as an, I don't know if he'd have been an agent. I think he loved being home too much. But I think in the early two thousand tens, when his kids got a little older, and and mm. and telling Martha, you know what, I'm kind of getting the itch, and they kind of want me to train guys. Why don't we move to Florida? You know, Brett, the yeah. whole family had passed, you know, like, 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 uh, mm. Stu and Helen, they were all gone by then. They had all passed yeah. away. By Everybody's grown up like, honey, let's move to, let's move to Florida. Let's move it to nice weather. Yeah. They want me to train. And remember, Arthur was nobody to hate. The mm. whole tone would have been different. We kind of talked yeah. about to this in our, in our second episode, when we talked about how Montreal never mm. happened and, and, and he goes to full sale and he's, and he's working with Sammy Zane and he's working with Kevin. Yeah. And he's working with Bobby Roode, all these Canadian guys. And he's, mm. oh, my God, I can't even. It's I, <laughs> ridiculous. And again, it's not just the in-ring. I, I know we got to move on to the last guy, but it's just not the in-ring, Dave. I want everyone to. It's it's learning to tell the story. Yeah. There weren't many guys that were that good in the, in that era in the 90s that knew how to tell a story in the ring like Owen did. Mm. Sometimes even better than Brett. Sometimes even better than Brett, depending on the match and the opponent. That might that might open up some uh, yeah. that might open up a can of worms. But in any event, all right. Yeah. As much as I can talk uh, about Owen forever, we got one more guy to get into, and this guy deserves just as much respect and attention as the previous four did. And 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 I think uh, I'm going to preface. I think what we've just said about what's happened, what what we could have seen happening with with Owen post career. I think you could say the exact same stuff about this guy. So we probably don't need to touch on that side of it with, right. with our last with our last guy, but you could probably be have the exact same conversations with our last guy. And that is I'm sure everyone knows who's coming. That is the the great, the Hall of Famer, Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero. Yep. Man who another one. This was this was the one that really impacted a lot of fans. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, 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 it had a, um, I think it had a deeper hit than what happened with Owen. Owen's, Owen's was a tragedy. Um, but I I think the impact of the Bret Hart relationship with Vince and, and what we talked about before about what ended up happening, I I think that, that really put a, 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 it made it very difficult with what happened with Owen for a lot of people because it became hard to talk about him because no one would talk about him because of what happened. Whereas Eddie, you know, you've had storylines built out of Eddie. You've had, you've had um, ongoing, ongoing references to Eddie. Eddie has become folklore in, in, in the WWE and, uh, and he had had a massive impact. His death has had a massive impact. On, on fans and on on the in ring product, so uh, yeah, so so we come to Eddie Guerrero who passed away in um, uh, December. Oh, now I'm just ha- we've been talking about Owen for so long. I'm having a, a mental blank on the year December. Oh, it was no, it was November. It was November of two thousand five. Oh five. Oh five. November two thousand five. Yep. And 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 again, similar to what we've shared with a couple of uh, of of these other guys, yeah, you know, like Magnum T, like like Owen Hart, the, the general the story that was out there even before he passed away was that Eddie was scheduled to regain the SmackDown title from Batista 
the week he passed away. And um, it's it's another one of those those accepted um, events was going to happen. No one no one has ever come out to dispute it. No one has ever come online and said no, that wasn't the case. The general belief and and understanding was Eddie Guerrero was going to regain the world title from Batista. He was in the middle of a very interesting storyline. He had the Rey Mysterio storyline earlier in the year with Dominic and and who's his father, and then and then he starts the the pseudo baby. He, he sort of turned babyface again, but I think the underlying story we're all supposed to look at was was he really the babyface? And he was working with Batista, and they were teaming together but then they were going to have this match and and was eddie going to cheat to win was eddie what was going to happen there but the the general belief is that he was going to beat batista uh and i think i would have liked to think that they probably would have really pushed forward the the cheat to win gimmick again in this and i think i'd like to think that they've been Turning him babyface, they sort of turned him back babyface. I'd like to hope that they were going to keep him there. I, I, I really do, because I think where it goes for him is he wins that title from Batista and probably holds it through to WrestleMania where he probably would have dropped it to Randy Orton. Um, that, that SmackDown title looked like it was always going to head in Randy Orton's direction, I think. And I, I can see um, Eddie winning the belt and holding it through to WrestleMania and having a WrestleMania moment with, with Randy Orton. That That's where I certainly see the early stages of, of this storyline going. What, what about you, Scott? Yeah, uh, I agree. I think the storyline would have continued with Batista. I think, uh, I think that, that he was destined to win the title sometime down the line. Uh, uh, I know he was in the Survivor Series tournament. Um, I'm curious. Well, obviously, Rey Mysterio would not have won the Rumble. Uh, that's an interesting one. Who would have won the 2006 Rumble? Oh, I think they would have put it on Orton. Probably. I think. I think. I think Orton. See, I think. I think. And I guess we've got to look in here. Is the fact that where they would have been going with Eddie and Batista would have been impacted by Batista's injury in early January. Um, Batista suffered that injury in early January. I, I think you probably would have had Eddie win it on SmackDown, and then they have their rematch at the Royal Rumble. And Eddie probably keeps the title through some form of nefarious, you know, cheat to win means that everyone loved seeing, and Orton wins the Royal Rumble. And that's where I think they were heading. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Yeah. Uh, I got an interesting... And I think this would have been hilarious. I don't know when it would have happened, Dave, over the coming. Let's let's say Eddie wrestles till like, I mean, he wasn't that old. Let's say he wrestles till like 2010, 2011, probably. You know who would have been a great WrestleMania opponent for him somewhere in that in that run? I don't know where or when. Because I think the the storyline would have been amazing. The Raw and SmackDown segments would have been great. You know who would have been a great opponent for him at a WrestleMania? Undertaker. Mm. I think Eddie would have been hilarious and serious 
at the same time pumping up breaking the streak. Mm. Yes. I, I would have loved to have seen that. Now I don't know where you could have slipped it in. Maybe uh maybe you don't need Sean two years in a row. Maybe you don't need Triple H two years in a row. Well, um, it's it's interesting that you it's interesting that you say that because one of the things I would see about Eddie is I think Eddie's career, um, if he had if he if he hadn't passed away, I think Eddie's career would have ended up being very similar to Edge's. Eddie would Eddie would move okay. to the top of the card when you need him. He would put on great matches. He would have runs with the title. Yes. Then he'd drop it down the card brief, like not all the way down, but then just drop down a rung and he'd, he'd, he'd feud with some guys. He could be heel. He can be babyface. Then he comes back up and he, and he does. And I, and I, and I really see him having a very similar, in fact, the person I think, I think if Eddie hadn't passed away, I would even throw out the argument that maybe edge doesn't have the career he has. I think edge is the biggest beneficiary of Eddie pass because Eddie Eddie's ability to work face and heel and his ability to work anyone in the ring would have meant that he was someone they could always rely on to elevate people to have those title runs, those, you know, those one, two month title reigns to transition to different guys. He becomes that guy. And that's where, like you said, you then get a run with Taker at mania and, and, Doing everything he can to break. I mean, can you picture it in the match? Cheating every, doing everything possible to to break the, to you know. I'm picturing all the cheat to win stuff. You know, picking up the the steel chair, banging it on the ground, throwing it at Taker, falling down, but the referee not falling for it. Right. Um. You know, turning like, around at like, the last listen, minute. Like Eddie could say things like, "Listen, I don't have to pin you to break your streak. Mm. Just remember that. I'll find a way." Remember, I lie, I cheat, I steal. Just let you know that. Even if it's a DQ, you still lose. That you get that in Taker's head. Mm. You know? And I agree with you on the edge thing. Oh my god, Dave, that's awesome. Well, think about it. Who's what's what's 90% of Edge's storyline for most of his main event career? He's with Vicky. Mm. Well, with Eddie around, why the fuck would you do that? You know, that's not gonna happen. So if yeah, Eddie around, Edge, would we have ever seen Vicky? Even, even, uh, yeah, yeah, because when Eddie died, uh, when Eddie passed away, Chavo was in that stupid Kerwin White gimmick. Mm. Um, holy crap, you're right. But Vicky, Vicky, Vicky was really only ever brought in because of of Eddie passing away and Vince. It was it was the support. It's 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 let's let's bring Vicky in to just yeah. It was to help her. It was to help her because of what happened to Eddie. If Eddie doesn't pass away, I think we see Vicky on occasion. I think we see her like um like Shawn Michaels' wife or or you know like you know Michelle McCool. You, you see her every now and then as part of the, the underlying storyline of which. You know, she's supporting Eddie in his series or she's trying to talk him out of doing something nefarious, but she's never going to be in a prominent position. She would probably never be a major on-screen person if Eddie hadn't passed away. Right. Probably not. But if she was, oh, the fun they could have had. 
Yeah. Yep. And I I love your whole your point of like, you know, in one case, Eddie's a main eventer, he's world heavyweight champion on SmackDown, he's feuding with Batista, he's feuding with this guy, feuding with that guy. And then he gets knocked down the card a bit, wrestles somebody else for a while, and then, you know, could win King of the Ring. Oh, there was no King of the Ring or, you know, win the Rumble or something. I think Eddie would have won a Rumble at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he probably would have cheated to win. Of course. He would have pulled a, a Stone Cold in 97, only funnier, you know? Yeah. Oh, my, and- look, my, my, my favorite, my, the storyline I would love to have seen one day um, would be... Yeah, I, I, I've got Rumble. I've, I think I've shared a Rumble storyline before about uh, we did, I did it with Ric Flair with when we did our Ric Flair um, episode. Right. But I, I can picture I can picture Eddie getting number thirty, yeah, you know, stealing number thirty. Yep. Actually getting away with it this time, walking down to ringside, picking up a chair and sitting at ringside, refusing to get in the ring until the last two guys are just about out of the ring, and he slides in and tips them over. That would have been amazing. (laughs) That would have been amazing. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, And you're definitely right. I think another guy that would have thrived teaching in NXT. Mm. Differently than, than Owen, but similar in the sense that he was another guy that would have taught timing. Timing whether it's in a promo or in a match or it's all about another guy who just knew how to tell a story uh, as a cruiserweight, as a smaller guy, as a main event guy, how to be funny, but still be a dick. Like how to, how to just, you know, just everything he could, he could teach people, teach guys about being a funny baby face and a, just a ruthless, uh, uh, callous heel and not be funny even though you want to be fu- you want to laugh mm. you know it, again all of those things that made him great and he would have gone to the hall of fame and he did in 2006 after he died he probably would he have gone in 2006 no probably not obviously he was still wrestling he might have gone in maybe sometime in the last like four or five years if he went in at all at this point if he was still alive now he probably wouldn't be in yet if he, he was still alive now I put it out there. You, you bring everything full circle. We've had a recent heel turn by Dominic against Ray. Can you yes. imagine? Can you imagine if Dominic turned heel on Ray by turning to him and saying, this is my real father. And there's paperwork to prove it. He won it in a ladder match. <laughs> yeah. You, could, you know. Just, just, just bring that, that whole storyline full he circle. He starts wearing a shirt fine. that says he is my poppy. Oh, my God. <laughs> great oh my god forget the the, the judgment day crap just eddie comes back mm. and, and you could see Ed, eddie would have like i could see eddie have having like silvery white hair and like a silvery beard and look even more like scummy that's just uh or, or how about eddie in the role that Sami Zayn's currently playing i'm a part of the family i'm, oh, I'm a yeah. part of i'm a part of the bloodline i'm a know? part of the bloodline he's hanging out with uh with roman going listen i could help you poppy yeah you know, oh my God. Uh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That would have been amazing. I have to say, on a side note, uh, 
I remember crying. Not when Owen died, because when Owen died, the night the night he died was obviously during that pay per view, and we were all just stunned. All of my, all of us, when we were watching it live. I cried the night after on Raw when they were doing, and everybody was crying when they were all doing their like testimonials. Yeah. the The moment I found out that Eddie died, I was actually at uh, at Doctor G's house, and we were we were cleaning something in his basement. And actually, Justin Jr. called the house. And told and, and called and and he said he had found and and that instant, I cried. And uh, that's the last time that I. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think I cried the day Dusty died. Was he the last one? That Trinity from the early two thousands, two thousand tens. Savage, uh, Piper, and um, Dusty. I think I cried all three of those days. And I'm and I, and I'll be honest with you, Dave, because it may happen in several years in the next few years. I'll definitely cry if Flair dies. I definitely will. Yeah, yeah. It's, but the day um... Eddie died, the day Eddie died, I cried. When Owen died, it was during the pay per view, and I was just stunned. I didn't I didn't cry till the next night watching that Raw. But when I that Sunday afternoon, when when we when Doctor G and I found out that uh. That uh, that Eddie had died, I cried right in that moment. So, but not to not, we don't want to end the show on a more, on a sad note, but just everyone think about Eddie in the last fifteen years, what he would have done. He well, would have been amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's what we've just been able to do at the end here. I think we've been able to see that that Eddie would have brought enjoyment and would have brought fun and would have made us laugh right through. Yep, and I think that's a great way to 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 round off this episode is to to think about the joy of Eddie Guerrero in the bloodline or Eddie Guerrero as 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 Dominic as Dominic's father. Um, it, it just it just brings a smile to your face because you just know it would it would have been he would have made it so good and so enjoyable. Yeah, there, absolutely, and it you know we can smile right now and look at it fondly. Um to this to this point so well uh this was a lot of fun uh being able to go through the looking glass and think about what if for some of our favorites of all time whose careers um whose careers were either um cut short by injury or obviously sadly cut short by by life um or the end of it uh dave that was this was a lot of fun uh we hope that everyone enjoyed it we hope that everyone uh you know uh, thought themselves what they think and again please leave us comments on twitter uh at ptbn wrestling uh go to the place to be page and uh you know when this obviously the and and go under the the episode drop and give us your thoughts do you think these wrestlers would have had a different turn of their careers um, uh, you know, what, any other guys you'd like to think about again, Davey boy, Smith, British bulldog, you know, we could have brought up guy. I mean, there's plenty of other guys we could have talked about. We could have talked about test. We could have, although test was kind of at the back end of his career anyway, draws, uh, Brian draws, Brian. Well, draws is still alive. Yes. But the injury, ended oh, his the injury. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. What would have happened to draws? Because they were in that weird storyline with the road warriors and such. Uh, you know, would Albert have had a different turn of his career? I think it would have been very interesting. Mm. Um, 
Brian Adams, you know, the, the guys like that, they they were at the back end of their careers anyway. Um, U- Umaga. Umaga. How about Yokozuna? Yep. Had he had he gotten it in his head that you have to cap your your weight at like 550 mm. pounds and not 850 pounds, mm. you know, that that's one maybe we maybe we could do a part two down the line, Dave, and come up with five different guys. Maybe we could talk yep. about we could talk about uh, a Yokozuna and mm. and maybe had he kind of understood that you know, yeah, I have to do something with my with my physiology, you know. But anyway, Dave, where can everyone find you? Um, I'm, hit me up on Facebook, guys. You, you, you'll find me, Dave Hall, on Facebook. Um, if you're trying to work out which Dave Hall it is, just go into the, the, the PTB Facebook pages and, and, and you'll, see, you'll see me linked in in different sections there and, and, and hit me up. Uh, send, me, send me messages, send me friend requests, and uh, love to chat and interact with you and interact on the pages. I, I am considering joining Twitter, but I'm, I'm not there yet. So... Uh, <laughs> As a podcast president, as a podcast CEO, I have no choice, <laughs> but uh, I get your point. <laughs> but uh, again, I am on Twitter at Scott C. Podfather. But but more importantly, I mean, I do things on my Twitter, but most importantly, please follow the brand on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling. We have a lot of fun. We do polls. We post the shows. We want your comments on any of our shows, um, whether it's this show, Place to Be Podcast, NWA Crock and Roll, Highway to the Impact Zone. This this past week, we had a great episode of PTB NXT, Extreme Resurrection, any of our shows, the new show, the Memphis Continental Wrestling Podcast, uh, any of our shows. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, again, it's particularly to our show, we'd love for you to give us uh, any ideas that you think would make um, a great topic here through the looking glass. Uh, we are now 12 episodes in. So next, uh, next month, our October episode will be our one year anniversary. And Dave doesn't know it yet, but we're going to go through the looking glass at all of the wrestling marriages. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, would Kane have choke slammed the priest? No, no, we're not gonna do that. No. Um, but we'll have a great topic because Dave's great at finding them and I'm okay sometimes, but Dave's better at it. Uh, we're gonna have a great topic. Uh, for the month of October to mark our one-year anniversary of the show. So have a great month, everybody. Uh, enjoy football. Enjoy the pennant races if you're a sports fan. Enjoy the weather changing, uh, either changing to fall or changing to spring, depending where you live. Dave, you're always the best. Uh, have a great one, everybody, and we'll talk to you again through the looking glass. Can you feel the heat? Say hello to Eddie. I don't care if you don't like it. Fight me. If you feel it, hey, eat on it. Yo. the ghetto at the end of the week i get to keep your dinero you're fast asleep when i sneak in your casa your life sucks because you're bankrupt and i'm laughing you can't trust me because i'm latin yeah yo too many try to tell me what i already know no Latino. If you're not cheating, you're 
not trying. Mamacita, I got that passion that's lasting long. Los mujeres fall in love with that Latin charm. One woman isn't enough, amigo. Siempre cogiendo más mujeres porque soy latino. And I'm jumping and tough, calling your blood, cuz. I don't care if you don't like me. Everybody wants to fight me. Claro, I ain't the one you wanna be. Hay nada más caliente. I'm too hot for you. Latino heat. Siempre cogiendo más mujeres porque soy latino. And I'm jumping and so 